I love hunks. Uh, I love hunks. I love movies about a crew of hunks. Uh, <laughs> I love scientists who can really throw throw one. You know, I love scientists who do double flips when they fight. <laughs> I love uh, scientists that make me Google, what do hair plugs look like? <laughs> and confirming my suspicions. <laughs> which which scientist was that for you? Um, the uh, the main one, Richard. Um, I again, no no shade here. Uh, I have considered hair plugs oh, yeah. just like f- for just for fun. Like <laughs> I, I just for Saturday. I, I don't know if they're permanent or if I can just like pop them back out and in like the thing in like the thing in the bathtub, the stopper. Yeah, yeah, it goes. (laughs) But like a billion at the same time. (laughs) It's gonna be miserable audio. Um, What the fuck was I talking about? Hair plugs. Oh yeah, no, because like there's nothing wrong with them. Um, by by any means, don't want to shame the guy, but I am pretty sure. Um, that those got sewn into there. Hmm. I th- that how that works? That's a trained eye. I didn't notice. <laughs> I, I, I noticed because my suspicion about Joel McHale's hair was proved correct. Ah. Because in that scene in Spider-Man 2, it's going. It's really going. Mm. And then Community comes around. And I noticed that his the, the widow's peak, it's too thick. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going to have that thick of a widow's peak. Mm-hmm. And this guy had that same sort of rounded, f- impenetrable wall of follicles. Of fake follicles. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, it's what I like to call CNN. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. I like when men... Like, I have a friend who did that, and I think it's cool, because I'm just like, yeah, like, put them in. Do what you need to feel good. And I also love if people don't. It's totally up to them. I personally mm-hmm. didn't notice. What I did notice is that he wasn't my favorite person in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> who? So, uh, nothing. <laughs> Money can't fix that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if... If he would just make, like, Joel McHale answer my letters and take hormones, like, it wouldn't be, like, as much of a problem. You know what I mean? But but Joel is just, Joel's being silly. Joel's being weird. That that time I waved to you when we were doing background work. Like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't pretend it meant nothing, Joel. Answer me! <laughs> take the hormones, Joel! Make make the dress go spinny, spinny. Well, he, you know, maybe he'll he'll have enough money to buy a better personality when the check clears from his taking over the climate change lab so that they can find the cure for it. <laughs> so many wrapped in one. Oh my god! So this, I really like this movie. I had a very good time mm. again. At the end of it, I was left with this sort of feeling of sand slipping through my fingers when I asked myself, is Deep Blue Sea the best series we've done? <laughs> like, in hmm. terms of just enjoying all of the movies? Because yes. every other one I can re- like has one or two stinkers for sure. But I, I was never let down by any of these hats like shark fins. I... <laughs> 
I feel the same way. I loved yeah. it so much. I <laughs> love this one so much. I sent a pic to the group chat of me crying at the end. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And, you know, yes, of course, a part of it is because I'm in love with our lead scientist. Of course, of, that has to factor in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. but this movie is so good. It really it's is so good. good. There's such talented actors. The action is genuinely gripping. Oh yeah. Like the amount of times I shrieked or slapped my hand to cover my mouth in pure like shock and awe was it was a silly amount. It was so fun. It's really and it's really like a clockwork screenplay too. Like um the action starts very quickly yep. in the movie. The main mm-hmm. conflict is developed. And like every time you haven't seen or heard anything like ridiculous and you're starting to realize that and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm tuning out a little bit. Something absolutely bug nuts will happen and draw you right yes, back Yes, that's so true. Your point about like, is this the best series we've done is, is really interesting to me. I hadn't considered it. Um, I mean... Obviously, the highs aren't as high as, like, other series mm, that we've mm-hmm. done. Like, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's only one Spy Kids. I'm, be- mm. I'm being coy, but also, there, I mean, there is. Um, but this has got to be one of the more, at least, consistent ones. And the arc of this, I guess we'll, we'll get back into it when we do rankings um, and maybe zoom back on this season of Dead Horse. Um, but I, I could not have, I could not have predicted that the third would fuck as hard as this one does. And the ways Mm. that it, it finds a way to be its own original, tight, interesting screenplay while also finding fresh new ways into making it a deep blue sea movie, um, are so much um smarter and more engrossing than anything in two i think i think in the last Mm. episode i was asking like how much better could three be than two and the answer is yeah fucking fuck ton the answer is you get out of the spaceship yep yeah land boat water sharks Mm. it's -hmm. all you need i mean it'll get wacky there'll be sci-fi stuff but like in a lot of ways, this this thing feels bigger by stripping it down. Yes, I yeah, totally yeah. agree with that. It it covers more actual humanity, and it does zoom out in terms of like global impact much more than just this. You know, the lives of mm-hmm. these people. Though that is what the beating heart is here is like these people on this island surviving. So it both masters like you know like the macro and micro elements of it like we're so clocked in to what's happening to these few people mm-hmm. um yeah i just that's a really good way of putting found it. it so genuinely gripping like i was just really invested because the action would just shock me <laughs> Okay, no, I, I, well, I, we should start before, because if I start talking about the scene uh, where Shaw bench presses a guy's head oh. into a shark, oh, yeah. we'll never get to <laughs> anything else. 
Oh fuck! God <laughs> he damn. knew where it was gonna jump. <laughs> that was that was one of the moments where I was like, they were fighting, and I was like, man, I'm kind of bummed. There haven't been that many shark kills yet. And then, as if God heard my cry. <laughs> uh, so this is a podcast called Dead Horse, where we talk about film franchises that are uh, under discussed, underseen, underexplored. Um, uh, all positive adjectives this week because that's just all I can think of. Was the fucking god? I can't believe it. The Deep yeah. Blue Sea franchise, yep. a real dark horse, fucking rocketing up my list. No, this is our this is our capper to the the Deep Blue Sea series, and um, I don't know if we've properly announced it anywhere, but this is going to be a season finale for a little while. Um, and what a fucking cool premise of our show affirming movie yes. for this to all yeah. end on Absolutely. who the fuck would have thought i mean this was dixon um help me remember i think deep blue sea having a 76 on rotten tomatoes is why you you kind of got your clutches on this one and said no 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 i there's something here yeah, it definitely was a part of it. And, like, I, I was thinking that, you know, maybe... I, I, I was worried just because I had such a good time with two, and I was like, oh, maybe they try to course correct too much and it loses this dumb charm. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why people, like, quote-unquote, liked it more. Um, but no, it's just, like, much more of an actual rock-solid yes. movie. Yeah. Um, and I, like... Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, though, I'm Dixon, um, and you probably remember me from looking up YouTube tutorials about how to trim your beard and worrying, am I anything like those guys? <laughs> um, I'm Becky, and you probably remember me from plucking, from plucking before the beach. <laughs> Think about it. Sit with it. You know what it means. Wow. I do. <laughs> I, people really invalidate me for the fact that I don't shave my legs, I tweeze them. Um, and I, I always say, you know, it's, it's just like the toy collector says in Toy Story 2, you can't rush art. Mm -mm. So, um, is it, is it more painful? Yes. Is it more efficient? No. My name is PJ, and you um, <laughs> know me from uh, plucking my legs and the uh, uh, legitimate big picture pride that I take in being on a podcast um, where I talk about wanting to suck the cock of the composer of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, John Debney. Yeah. Welcome to Dead Horse. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Man, um, it's just too much good stuff to cover. Like it really is. Ah. Like I, there's so many little bits about this movie that. Uh, well, you put it best, Becky. In the macro and micro, there's so much to dig into. Um, so this movie is about um, the shark family that got out of the lab at the end of Deep Blue Sea Two, <laughs> has been on a little shark tour around South Africa. Um, and they end up at this dilapidated uh, fishing village uh, on an island called Little Happy that, like, uh, rising sea levels have overtaken most of. So there's, like, you know, 
a, a couple of acres worth of buildings, and this is a great site for um, our hot scientists. Our fucking <laughs> just smoking, just, fucking ruining my Jesus day. Christ. Like kill me. Oh my fucking. Just ima- imagining like that scene when uh, they're all at dinner, um, and just being under the table and having all of them kick you. <laughs> like that's it's a dream um all of a sudden a boat pulls up it's uh our lead scientist's ex-boyfriend and he along with um (laughs) with sad frankenstein (laughs) uh, (laughs) lucas uh like uh basically take over the station and are trying to kill the sharks and you know blow up any evidence that uh this big company um, you know, made these super sharks uh, to uh, just get people to start their day a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, to develop a a pill for uh sophomore for sophomores PSAT. <laughs> um, and like it, that first of all, that dichotomy I think really helps this be like a movie where you can like identify, you you can identify with these people as opposed to just kind of like, okay. Um, Because they are like, you know, working specifically on combating climate change and are like, you know, look what this already did to this once vibrant town. It's a much better introduction to someone than just being like, they're a shark scientist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah gripping a gripping intro um Mm -hmm. both in the just the shots of the shark in the beginning with incredible music like it was just so already like gripping and then we are introduced to just a really winning uh lead who is Mm -hmm. just who's my girlfriend um (laughs) it was just so such a fun um beginning and like i just like really believed the scenario much more than like just like the the psychoticness of carl durant (laughs) like it just it was so much more grounded and like um humble this movie Mm -hmm. um than the previous two and it just was just like really what's the word scrappy the just on like on the opening the opening shot um is is this perfect moment to to let you know hey there there's there's actually kind of an author behind this thing there's a little bit of intention going it is this helicopter shot that tracks along the water as three fins emerge out of it as they swim in formation towards the island little happy as you revolve around it and then you you get this narrated montage of this character swimming through the sea and I don't know how it is that that seems to be... I, I mean, let me know if you disagree. I feel like this is the first time in the Deep Blue Sea movies that we have been invited to feel some wonder about nature, about mm-hmm. about the ocean, mm-hmm. about life underwater, um, to feel yeah. some sort of passion about this this world and that it is worth protecting. I mean, they talk about some very interesting stuff in in deep blue sea 2 that i don't think they can all the way dramatize because it's it's a character giving a powerpoint um but um, or taking a pill to experience a powerpoint that's right (laughs) um and and this movie picks up exactly 
where it left off, and it's it's strengthened by the fact that it is dealing with the repercussions that this shady pharmaceutical company used shark DNA to find a way to finally cure being gay. Um, and I, and I think it's like, it raises a lot of questions because it's like, you know, would that help society? Like definitively? Yes. But mm-hmm. like, should but like we, less sharks. So it's should like, should we hurt want... sharks to do it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Unlike, unlike gay people, sharks know how to mind their own business. <laughs> Please cut that. Cut that. <laughs> I don't think we can. I think I'm sorry. It's too yeah. No, I'm I'm looking at Audacity right now, and that Ghost section's actually, in red. Yeah, it actually says permanent. Cannot. Yeah. Cannot delete. I've I've hit the delete key so many times, but the waveforms just keep getting bigger. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. It's loud and it re- it's repeating. Oh. Yeah, I can't. If you've said something after that, I can't I haven't hear you. Heard. It's just on loop. It's just- Oh God! I'm glad it, it couldn't hear it because it did not get more tolerant from there. On out. <laughs> uh, um, so many good things you said in there, Peach. I was gonna reply to one of them. Fuck. Sorry. Fuck. We were talking about the wonder of like actual ah, marine it, life. This did feel and was quite literally much more in the elements, and so yeah, we were. Yeah. We were immediately, you know, at, you know, subjected to nature's whim. And that was really fun um, Mm -hmm. as compared to like the safety and like the exciting momentum of like climbing through your spaceship, you know, um, and like trying to get away from sharks in your in your spaceship. (laughs) Like sharks. Yeah, like that's fun. But this was this felt like so much more like human will versus animal will yeah mm-hmm. and it was really raw and uh stripped down and i just i really loved it i'm so curious as to the budget difference between this one and two because mm-hmm. this movie looks so much better like worlds better Agreed. and I- I'm sure part of that is the inventiveness of the location of Little Happy, mm-hmm. this like kind of like stack of small buildings floating isolated in the ocean. It, it's like a compelling thing to look mm-hmm. at, but it's the way in which it's filmed is so much more um, like careful and sharp. Yeah. Um, and like, I wonder how, I just wonder how much money they were given to do this because it really seems like a step up budget wise from two, but maybe it's them just making a, a meal out of a few crumbs, you know? Everything seems so deliberate and so mm-hmm. beautifully orchestrated compared to the just like obtuse sloppiness of two that is also charming in its own way, you know? Like that made it so watchable, but. That did not make it good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, a big part of it has to be that almost all of this appears to be on location. Um, and that this has more underwater footage and underwater action than mm-hmm. any of the previous movies. And it doesn't take a whole lot of production design for, like, a coral reef to be cinematic and and to instill you with a little bit of wonder but it also Mm. it 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 should be said that um the effects have taken a gigantic leap forward um and 
You know, Dixon, in the last episode, you were talking about how the gore had taken a step up from one to two. And I, mm. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, but, like, I thought the the gore in this was vicious and brutal. And when it did happen, it was unbelievably striking the do you remember the first death when we see the top half of that guy swim horizontally across i I screamed it was such Mm. a good reveal and it was disgusting it it's a beautiful shot of like they're expecting someone to approach them what was he pushing um, it's like a little fan that propels you around. Yes. I forget what it's called. And his eyes are still open, and then when his body turns, his entrails are just, like, trailing behind him, and there's no second half. It was really good. Like, it looked mm-hmm. really scary. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's also, like, it, 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 this makes you fear, like, the unknown of the ocean. Mm. Like, like that is the biggest fear here like don't go in there there could be sharks um you have no idea what's going on under there even stepping in this is risking your life it's not so much a fear of the sharks themselves as it is like a fear of the ocean Mm -hmm. and this movie gets that across very quickly um in the first scene our lead scientist uh dr emma collins um uh her pet great white shark sally um (laughs) shows up to give her a couple of nuzzles and then after yeah <laughs> just a little like <laughs> oh my god it always makes it freaks me out so much when people kiss their pet it's sharks. Like, like honestly guys they're not babies like relax uh, you know what i mean and they get dander yeah. everywhere <laughs> and and like when people like give their sharks their own instagram and write the captions as though they're the shark and they're like "Ooh, mommy gave me the best food today. and then it's, boom it's creepy. they have a fucking brand deal it's disgusting i hate our culture I fucking hate I just, it. And it's like, you know, they, why, why are you coming up with this like baby talk for the sharks? They wouldn't call it blood. They wouldn't be like, <laughs> oh, I want some blood. They'd say blood. My brain is too big. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, uh, R.I.P. Grumpy Shark. Daddy and- cured my gayness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you gotta get down there. <laughs> We gotta get down there and keep those sharks from kissing each other. They're all boys. It's not right. <laughs> those sharks are gonna be gay. <laughs> you have any idea what could happen to me? <laughs> what do you think they're paying me for? <laughs> to let these gay sharks win. Can't all be gay sharks. <laughs> Okay, hang on. But, like, that actually does lead me into something. I forget what the fuck I was talking about. Sorry. But, um, we've, we've sung... Oh, my God, you're fine. Damn um, We've sung the praises... <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> so much. Head and sharkters. Is that anything? <laughs> Go, I don't know. Try again. Could shark- you say it, like, different? But, like, this is, like, just episode... Uh, head and sharkers. Oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get the special shampoo for your shark. It's, it's always flea and tick season. <laughs> uh, it fucking kill me. <laughs> um, so, wait, okay, so I, I have to pull, I have to tell you this, and then I have to pull back. Remember what I was talking about? Okay. But Please. so, I that pull 
is from a vet I used to walk by all the time in Carborough that uh, the first thing it had on its like kind of dilapidated like put the letters in its sign was it's always flea and tick season <laughs> and then right around when the pandemic started I remember being like so stressed out about how empty the streets were in this college town and keep in mind this is in March and like I, I was just looking around and it was just like fucking empty it felt like the opening shots of 28 days later and I look up at this sign <laughs> and it says pugkin spice latte mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you wiped a tear from your cheek hopefully and said everything's gonna be okay <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> now more than ever. This was in March. <laughs> this was in March. Yeah, and then a uh, of 2020, um, and then a bishop came out of a church and chased me. <laughs> anyway. uh, the cast. That's <laughs> <laughs> from 20 days later. I rewatched it. Remember the first like uh, one of the infected he meets. He's like, "Are you a right voter?" <laughs> That's right. Fod- are you voter, a right voter? Are you a right voter? Uh, oh, no, voter. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I'm going to watch That's, that tonight. I really want to watch that. That movie's so fucking... Now weird. I and remember that. I thought you were just freestyling. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. <gasps> Off the dome. Oh, Shading shit. my improv with little bits. Oh, shit. You, you, don't, you, you don't even realize it, but when I said he was chasing me, I established a relationship. <laughs> it's like he the He could have jumped in that scene. I wonder how thematically you're going to bring that in later. <laughs> it really goes to show the specific is the universal, like in the space. Anyway, <laughs> do you remember um, even the cast in this movie? Uh, as in the previous two movies, they're very good. But unlike in the previous two movies, they all have a lot more to do, and like, mm-hmm. however cheesily or bluntly done, very specific points of view. Yes. You know, you do get that kind of, like, dialogue in the beginning where people are like, well, of course you'd say that. You're my brother. Or, like, yeah, you know, when you fought with dad in the wars and stuff like that. But, you know, we got to get to where we're going quickly. I'm fine with it. Me too. Especially because, again, all of these characters, they're not like this completely indiscernible mush uh, like they are in the scripts of the first two. They they are all, like, have different goals. I think all the actors also just showed up. Like, I think they mm. worked through clunky text in the beginning and found the real meat of who each person was. And I, I thought almost everybody was excellent. Um, the people who I thought weren't excellent were maybe a little bit too stuck to the text, like, too stuck to, like, the character motive that they were ascribed. But, like... Mm. Our lead, Tanya, what's her last name? Uh, Tanya Raymond, Raymonde. She just, I mean, so much nuance, so much heart, such a hero. Um, I really thought, I really thought I saw someone change through this. You know, I really saw her, like, problem, well, I saw her truly problem solve. And that's something that is, like, kind of sold to us in the past, too, but I watched her like I watched her brain decide to do things and then her body did them. It was really believable and I was completely sold um, as I fell through just an eternity of her beautiful black curls. Um, I just think it was really good. Um, and then it's not the same thing, but the next point is like so we have an awesome cast, right of, of people who are directed effectively. 
and also like know who they are and then we have smart sharks really smart sharks mm-hmm. really smart sharks oh these these sharks are so smart they understand, they understand hostage situations they understand you know threats <clears throat> they understand like they understand like passive aggression <laughs> there yeah the, there's a scene where um two sharks are ramming into the side of the boat that the scientists show up on and in order to disperse them they hoist up the shark's brother and one of the scientists gets a big gun and points it at the shark in view of the other one back and then the fuck off mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um a, a specialized police shark shows up with a <laughs> megaphone and says you don't have to do this <laughs> okay but as cheese as that was i fucking <clears throat> this is what i came here for i came here yeah. for a battle of wits between like the brutish like like just just the the goliath of the shark versus the human with the thumbs like it was <laughs> that's what i wanted and this movie absolutely gave that to me yeah. it gave me sharks that held grudges problem solved and understood threats and that made this movie so compelling yeah I'm also thankful they did another one of those scenes where, like, somebody is explaining, like, weird things a shark does, and somebody goes, sharks can't do that. (laughs) Mm Because, like, when they're like, they can't swim, they would not swim in formation. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I believe believe you, and and I guess we should be kind of worried, huh? (laughs) You're you're the shark, you're the shark doctor. (laughs) It is, with the reveal of every single person being impossibly attractive, it does start to, to, at a certain point, I was like, All right, everyone. Come on. (laughs) No way 100% of the people. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Just just throw in one guy who looks like me. And I'm not even... You're hot. Yeah, you're hot. It'll still be good. You don't count. Shut up, idiot. Shut up. (laughs) Sit down with your privileged ass. Shut up. (laughs) But, like, all the guys look like if Michelangelo's David had a big dick. I you know um, it stood out to me that um who's the the nerd Alex bought as spin um it, I mean if if there is if there is one thing in the script that gets a little irksome I'm this I I will admit this trilogy has made me really fucking tired of nerd guys who sit behind computers and maybe have a Hawaiian shirt and are like, well, that's not good. Um, one of the things that stood out to me about him is that he is like, what, whatever, maybe this is a shallow comparison, all bodies are beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spin is, like, better looking than the love interest, right? <laughs> he's, he's like, at least more conventionally a- attractive, quote-unquote. I mean, he's he's a big weirdo, so I, I understand why they were like, get, get the fuck behind the screen. Um, but... I think his hair wasn't as good because plugs mm. versus just free ball. Oh, you're right. Just free ball. But <laughs> just going commando. Just, <laughs> just, just all nat chop top. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, do you guys go to bed with your hair plugs in? Or? No, I actually take mine out and they all go. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I always wake up and my eyes are so red because I forgot to take them out. <laughs> You you can you can die from that. You can get toxic shock syndrome from that. Yeah, I have a I have a Pee Wee Herman like Rube Goldberg machine 
that pulls my wig off while I'm sleeping and then puts it on one of the styrofoam heads behind me. Um, I think Savannah has taken to wearing earplugs while I <laughs> I I want to talk about uh Bren Foster as Lucas, who mm. I fucking love. Oh yeah. He's like the the enforcer of the scientists uh, you know, crew who turns out to be the main antagonist. And he has a he does a wonderful job of like completely repressing um, violent, terrible energy and mm. just letting it kind of slowly, slowly eke out. And when the dam finally breaks, it doesn't seem like, all right, I'm in charge now. He seems like almost in tears. He gives this monologue yeah. about like how, you know, uh, it, this is all like because a corporation wants us to you nobody cares about helping people this is all for you know stockholders and stockholders children and like he's kind of almost crying as he pulls out a fucking grenade launcher and starts shooting at all Wait, of our protagonists that's so interesting i found that him to be very lacking in sensitivity during that Oh, no, I read that completely differently. I, I read as being like, I, I read this as being like, of course, this is how this ends up because we are being, you know, forced to do it by people who are far more powerful than us. And like, it's just the way of. Things, oh, no, but I agree. But I think he was embracing the callousness and like taking it on as himself. I don't I did not read him to be tearful. In fact, that would be my main criticism about him was that he was like Marvel villain esque, like so, like fucking loved fighting, like wanted to kick people's asses like <laughs> mm-hmm. the old old fashioned way, which is really yeah. fun. Um, mm. A little two dimensional, but I think it was fun to add to it. So that's so interesting that you read him differently. I I thought he put like a lot of stank on it to the point where I thought that he was going to be. He was going to defect to um, our hero side, really? and the main side, and hmm. and um, Richard would be like the villain because there's those scenes where, like you know, um, Richard unveils uh, that he has a device that basically the sharks are attracted to because it gives off the um, baby mama uh, tit sh- milk. Yeah, it gives <laughs> off that that titty that the shark that tit. titty <laughs> echolocation. <laughs> Yeah, those epic shark fucking <laughs> F cups just swanging in the Pacific. <laughs> you gotta swim towards those Not bad a boys. Prank. <laughs> Gone sexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it, it, um, you know, he shows this device to uh, Emma. Uh, this main scientist does Richard and then they rack focus to the back where Lucas has been listening in the whole time and he looks like honestly betrayed because like you know if we had just used this like that guy wouldn't be dead like we could have been in and out and you like prolonged this because of your shit um i i thought it was like a pretty like you know obviously by the end he is frankenstein's monster and throwing the word bitch around a lot yeah um because well in because his face is fully burnt off um so awesome that rule Mm -hmm. when he just fucking stomped out of there wearing all that prosthetic uh, burn but shit. don't you feel like i felt like from his speech and onward he looked already like bloodthirsty like 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 his during his speech he was like yes like this is the way of the world like this is you this is just like the repercussions of like a larger 
power. But I felt like, why didn't they just take them on the ship and go? Like, they, he wanted to kill them. I, I read it as more like, fuck it. Um, and also, I think, like, you know, as... I'm not saying he's sympathetic, but, like, you know, as someone who is capable of emotion, I think he was, like, not necessarily psyched about killing people before he started. And also, he probably couldn't have taken them because they would have spilled the beans, you know? They would have been like, yo, this company is, like, why all of these sharks are just fucking eating people. That's true. I think I'm going to just have to... I'm so fascinated by this, but I think I just disagree. I feel like he was, like, almost, like, Wicked Witch of the West villain. Like, like he was so uh, yeah. evil to me and, like, so, like, so gleeful in wanting to kick people's asses, which I, like, kind of found fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I just didn't see the other side of him. That's fun. Mm-hmm. With, um, and with the fighting, part of the reason why that works so well is because he is an accomplished martial artist. Um, that so guy, random. Ren Foster. He has, I think, four different black belts. Whoa. And he flips and pu- many times when he kicks. Yeah. Mm. And Be- Becky, I think the only time when I shifted over to your viewpoint a little bit as to how gleefully it was when um, w- he's got a gun on one of our <laughs> other heroes, the, uh, uh, Eugene Shaw, and then does the old, like, now dropping it and I'm going to kick your ass the old fashioned That's what way. I'm saying. He's just like, and he wants like, blood. <laughs> I was, but I, when I was like, oh, they just wrote that because he's like, you know, they just want to film some like DTV action. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. But then also um, when he was about to kill Emma, he said, no, too easy. And then he like throws the knife and then starts to drown her. Like, he loved it. I am giving him a bloodthirsty mulligan after <laughs> he gets blown okay, up. Okay, yeah. I, I feel like you can lose. I feel like I'll let you lose a bit of your composure. Take a little. I would joy never let. Hey, in your work. To yeah. be clear, I would never let this happen in real life. I don't know. If this I happened like in real life, I would stop him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that monologue that he gets is is one of the things that like that really stood out to me um that monologue he has about the complete resignation about how fucked the world is and how fucked this fucking company is and how um aware he is of of this bleak mission to just cover their tracks and get the job done makes him a lot more compelling than any of the like monologuing tech billionaires of the last couple movies, especially there's this throwaway line. Help me remember it. It's, it's to the tune of you. You think this is for the importance of some drug that'll help Mm -hmm. slow kids get A's and learn the oboe. Um, and it is this, it, I mean, it works as like, like a, like a meta line about the plot of deep blue sea two and three. Um, but it also works because his, his nihilism about what a stupid fucking thing that is both i mean one it it makes him sound like he's been listening to dead horse now available on all major streaming platforms (laughs) but it also i uh you know the the marvel villain comparison is interesting um because while this guy is mustache twirly i also feel like i get it and I, right now, I feel like big movies are oversaturated 
with villains who the creators think has a point like like thanos is is the worst example of that um Want examples of how Marvel has colonized our psyches? Look no further than Dead Horse, where I bitch about the Marvel movies more than I've ever said anything positively about any movie made before 1970. <laughs> I'm going to die. Um, no, um, Infinity War comes out like two months after Black Panther, uh, a good movie whose only problem is that the villain is too compelling uh, for them to do away with his ideology by Act 3. And then they have Infinity War. The whole thing is centered around the inner world and motivations of Thanos. Josh Brolin goes on a press tour telling Jimmy Fallon, you know, uh, Thanos actually has a point. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Not every villain has to have a point. Sometimes it, Dracula just does not have a soul, okay? Sometimes your your villain loves being evil or they consorted with the devil and they're unstoppable or they're a fucking shark and they're hungry um but in in that moment he i i i mean maybe this is my divorce kid third way between the two of you but he's he's both a fucking sicko but he also like makes a lot of sense to me you know does that does does that make any sense yeah, I yeah, hear you, yeah. totally. I don't know if I'm converted from either of your points of view, but I, I can see why you both feel that way. I got you. Yeah. Which is, uh, speaks volumes to his performance, honestly, that we all drew yeah. such yeah, different like things about it. Like I find it interesting. I, I potentially missed out on some of the nuance there, but maybe I was still listening to like his grisly voice and his points just sort of escaped me because it... He'd it felt so um hot yeah he's very hot let's he's just fucking hot. let's not he, you know mince brick words shit house he just Mwah. three sex, sex fucking 300 pounds sex of 150 of which are all pecs like <laughs> good chin just oh yes. a wonderful chin um talks he, like he's, someone from another place got like the the kind of face that like you don't realize though you don't remember about those bones but then you mm. see someone like that and you're like oh right they could skulls. do that if they got <laughs> born like that if they had shark dna he was like a shark to me yeah which was fun but it was not that was when i was like okay like it's not i don't know i i struggled with him but he was so hot so you know we all win um <laughs> yeah the world wins yeah it was but um, but his hit for me his glee was some of the best obstacle for like to create such interesting action and such interesting like battles between yeah. the two parties because he had this goal he wanted to accomplish he wanted to like blow up the entire uh island to kill the sharks and they were all going to be casualties of that and for them to try to like escape and figure this out i mean it, it just made for such a good I, middle act oh yeah i i feel that way about like him presenting a unique and good obstacle um but for me i think it comes uh more from pj you saying the word nihilism really made everything click into place for me because i i think that like 
part of what is so compelling about that battle is it's between like people who care and people who don't mm, um, yes. people who would you know stop at nothing and including their own demise to uh you know potentially save the oceans yep. versus someone who's just like we're done here I'm not even going to stick around to find out if I've killed these sharks. I'm just going to put a mine down. Oh, God damn it. Look what you've done. Fuck you. Oh, Jesus. Everything's so difficult. Yes. Like, it's it's a um, any way you cut it, even if you, you know, find yourself more along Becky's point of view about this character. It's it's a really um, more nuanced than it should be. Yes. Uh, conflict. Uh, agreed. It, this is a well movie put. about issues, you know, about like like climate issues and it made it human and interesting and we saw different points of view about it it's really good and then sometimes people get their arm bit off and sometimes head bit off that is another thing like we've we've said some heady stuff about this movie um to the point where you might be like there's no way that (laughs) this is what this movie's like and it's it's like not fully what we're saying Yeah, yeah, we're we're maybe like uh, scratching a few layers past where most would stop. <laughs> it's most would we're really outdoing the scratch and sniff. Like a year later, it's just like a faint whiff, and you remember <laughs> it. You know? Be- yeah, because so the main scientist uh, Emma's ex uh, realizes Lucas's treachery, and while he's on the boat, and decides he's going to jump back into the ocean and swim to the island and help them solve the problem. And he he jumps off the boat and by God does a shark out of nowhere leap oh, twenty God. feet into the air to just swallow Mid him whole. Air. And you get this great like It was <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the most ballsy choices. It was so every kill was cool. Uh, almost every single oh, kill yeah. was gripping and cool and shocked me and like was just like visually like painful um these sharks were smart because and it showed with each interesting death they were like how can we top the last one that was kind of (laughs) cool yeah yeah but like there is still this sheen of stupidity yes Um, oh yeah the mere idea is stupid so it's like we're safe we're in good like we're in a good safe space (laughs) This is like artisanal Fuddruckers. This is like this is <laughs> yes. This is, this is Grub Burger. Dicks and I interrupted doctor, you. This is Doctor Fuddruckers. That was necessary. <laughs> Fuddruckers Esquire. Um, <laughs> so like, but there is this this sheen of stupidity, and like you know, uh, in that very scene after he's le- after he's leapt into the shark's mouth, Lucas says the maybe the worst quip. Horrible. I have. Ever this is what i'm talking movie. about it blew my mind so this guy just like you know jumps off of a boat a shark die- goes up and eats him and lucas goes shark lover eh okay <laughs> what? that's what i'm saying like that's what made him like just like a like a like an evil villain to me of just like yeah. i wanted him to be like oh fuck like i wanted more human moments from him just, not just like instantly that made him Maybe- super evil to me Hell yeah. Maybe this is just me slotting like what the the sort of like interpretation slotting this into it, but he seemed a little wistful about it. About <laughs> he did actually. Slide. He's like I'm shocked though, right? <laughs> 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 he wasn't. He was just kind of like, hey, all right. Um, 
God, and and there's another good one when um, one of our other hunks, Eugene Shaw, uh, throws a body into the ocean to attract the attention of sharks and get them off of Emma, and they just, like, tear him the fuck up. He goes, see you later, chum. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. You know what really, like, for me, like, made... I already was loving it up until this point. But the scene that made me go, this movie is, like, quite special, was when the little happy fisherman is on his boat and his favorite hook gets caught. He's, like, the native. He's, like, the native. One of the two natives that we see on the entire island. Oh, Bahari. Yes, when Bahari's hook gets caught and he jumps into the water and there's this beautiful shot when we're really wide and he's very elegantly swimming towards the camera to like get like his hook back and it's such a patient like gorgeous scene of like just like cinema like it's elegant and then Mm -hmm. it the camera and you know something horrible is going to happen and then the camera turns around and a shark is coming at him like faster than your eyes can like even calibrate and it is like sheer like cinematic elegance meets like the silliest scariest jump scare and i was like this movie is like special i love it yeah mm. oh well said um, and I, th- I think also uh regarding that uh that character of course gets eaten um and like we've seen over the course of these movies a lot of characters react very theatrically to people they're close to yes. getting sharks mm-hmm. and when when you know he's his corpse like washes up in the boat um they like it's it's a great like boat's empty let's pull on this rope arm arm uh uh but like nandi uh his brother just like shuts the fuck down just like turns off oh sorry his sister yeah nandi is his sister my bad i i I screwed up oh no you're totally fine um Um, i switched to butter and cheese Uh, yeah that was i thought that was interesting i thought about that moment too um it was definitely like a lovely it's really wonderful when you see that the actor didn't feel like they needed to push and make something happen that wasn't happening and it made Mm -hmm. me open to the fact that in that moment i was like oh yeah she might feel completely numb and usually movies don't give especially action movies they don't give us the space to like grieve differently so that was cool yeah Yeah. and like this is not a fault of the actors but just comparing it to when the guy who loves his (laughs) wife and deeply see to his wife dies and they're like we're supposed to be like oh no he loves they put cayenne in his eyes (laughs) they're like you gotta do something dude all right you love your wife but she died go (laughs) they they released bees on him right before the date (laughs) Yeah, we got Candyman's B guy. They blew all of their budget on that. <laughs> That's why they had to film in that corridor. All that all that hallway money went straight to the bees. <laughs> oh I also God. really loved Dr. Emma's um, scientific compassion towards these, like, Frankensteinian bull sharks. Mm. Um, I'm going to get into the... just the incredible last scene where she's killing the last shark i just thought that was super um but before she does kill that shark she says i'm so sorry and 
it, yeah. it speaks to a larger theme here, which is like it's a necessary death as a scientist. She knows this is the right thing to do, but there's no like even though this shark is like ruined her life and eaten like one of her closest friends she like recognizes that it's just it's nature and it's you know it doesn't have although these sharks like might have opinions like overall sharks don't and i'm sort of rambling um i think both sides had calmed down (laughs) yeah it was just there there was this like thing of like progress versus torture which is like something no, that follow. her and richard argue about because he's like trying to use them and and she wants to like not torture beasts she doesn't want to you know she respects nature versus like utilizing it to like hack the best human experience and i thought mm-hmm. that was really special that that was keyed in at the last moment i i also thought that that moment did a wonderful job of kind of um inverting the feelings we expect to have because the set Mm. the setup is really the most like oh fuck yeah she's gonna do it because she gets this shark in a fucking waste trash compactor yeah and so and so you're you're like oh fuck yeah and you know when the sound cuts out with her hand is hovering over the start button we're already primed for like a a shark lover a or a see you later chum so when she says i'm so sorry it hits really hard and makes you actually like think about the reality of of putting a shark in a garbage compactor yes yeah. Okay, you <laughs> put it is, so much better than feel me. Great. That's exactly what it did. It like completely like made you. Ju- it was just so sobering of like what is actually happening. It's not just like she's beating her enemy. It's like she's blowing a shark up and she feels kind of bad about it. Yeah, yeah. and it's so slow too. So it's slow. not just like an instant like boom sharks compacted it like she like loses her hand on the button and the shark is like obviously struggling and in pain and it's like kind of difficult to watch really hard to watch you really feel for it as its own like sentient entity you know like you see like it is what it is like it's a shark but like it doesn't want to die and it's angry with her and it's just like a really it's a really powerful last scene so much tension too because the entire waist compactor falls so to hold the button down she has to hold her breath and so like you're holding your breath with her as she's trying to do it and it's not happening fast enough so she has to run up and like get some air but then the shark can like get it's it's honestly i thought it was brilliant i thought that was a really excellent uh way to go out and it's a it's uh, a testament to the strength of uh, Tanya Raymond, Raymonde, maybe. Um, I think it's Raymond. That Raymond, Tanya Raymond? I think okay. so. It's Alex um, Rousseau. <laughs> put some respect on the name. <laughs> um, but I think it's a, it's a testament to her performance that this doesn't feel like an incredibly abrupt tonal shift. This mm. feels like the the end of the journey that she's been taking it feels like somehow the most natural conclusion in the world for her to have to put a shark in a garbage compactor yes it makes it feel like it like a valid choice among others (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's so on the on the one hand it's so pulpy because it delivers on you getting to see the biggest scariest final shark get popped like a fucking zit Mm -hmm. as blood flows through the water which i want to come back to like it 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 gives you that satisfaction but 
these movies also do have this this weird conscience about being able to fear nature while respecting it. That's what I meant um, to say. Mm. Yes, Peach. No, I think you um, articulated something really, really, really fucking sharp about that climax, that kill, how it still gets tension out of it, but how it's not quite... It, it, it's not quite turning these these beasts of nature into monster movie shit the way like the way jaws had had done so forcefully in like the american imagination in like the 70s mm-hmm. um and and it it balances those two so well you, you i think perfectly described like all of the pieces of that set piece and having to go up for air um and I mean, yeah, this this movie this movie likes nature a little bit more than the other ones do. And it's also um when when so much of the action takes place underwater, which to my mind is like significantly scarier um than the the sinking spaceship. Um they they do a really good job setting up a through line of blood in the water. Um, yes. And what are one? What are the stakes of that? And two, all of the different ways that blood in the water would would make even the smartest adults down there go, okay, oh fuck, like oh fuck. Um, whether it's mm. the very beginning where it's theoretically a pretty small injury, um, a a cranky Sally the shark, <laughs> the M- the MVP oh, of the movie, oh Sally, <laughs> oh Sally, oh like. <laughs> Uh, Eugene Shaw, which I think is a Jaws reference. I think that's a reference oh. to the actor Robert Shaw. Yeah, that would check out. These movies have gotten pretty far wi- without, like, without being like, Dr. Dreyfus, look at this report. You know <laughs> I was what I mean? literally going to say Dr. Dreyfus. I, I can't believe you. GMTA. Um, Good morning, the America. <laughs> <laughs> um... There, there are all these ways that, like, a small injury or a human being attacking you or another dead body being in the water can lead sharks directly to one checkpoint. And that becomes a really, really good device that they come back to uh, a couple times. But, I mean, one of the ways that you can bleed underwater, as I was saying, is that, like, you know, someone cuts you with a fucking knife, um, or someone is fighting you underwater. You and another person in a scuba suit are going fucking beast mode on each other and ripping your masks off. Um, it's it's really cool that the threat of human beings who want to kill you um, is is such a a well developed like second wing to to the bird here. I mean. It, it doesn't take a whole lot for them to make a movie out of the tension of like so these so these shark things they're pretty good at killing they're pretty scary they're pretty difficult to negotiate with not impossible um but because it's clearly possible um but I, so much of the tension comes from scary people it doesn't come from nature it comes from yeah uh, this this big fucking Australian adult film actor um doing spin kicks on you i do i do just want to dog ear one thing 
Finding Nemo has instilled in my head that canonically all sharks speak with Australian accents. <laughs> so Becky's observation that, uh, what is his fucking name? Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, that, that he is a shark made flesh wearing a tight t-shirt. I'm into it. Sort of checks out. It. Yeah. He has the <laughs> accent of a shark. It's perfect. Yeah. He's like, he's something that would, uh fall onto a character's head and crush them in like an old comic strip (laughs) (laughs) like wimpy on his way to get a hamburger and right above him is this um safe sized and proportioned uh australian man (laughs) he he is the falling piano of actors really (laughs) yeah when it lands on when it lands on his head and his head pops out of it his teeth are all australian men (laughs) Did you see on IMDb that his name is Bren Acme Foster? I thought that was kind of interesting. I did not. <laughs> it sounds not. good, though. Correct. <laughs> um, I thought it was a weird choice for uh, their plan to kill the sharks to be um, painting a big tunnel on, <laughs> on the rocks, and then he runs through it, but then the sharks just bonk it's into a, it. I just didn't expect that. <laughs> the uh. sharks know what bombs are. Well, uh, yeah, the the they shark do, smells. This is real. They do know what they bombs do. are in the movie. They do, yeah. The shark uh, smells blood on a windowsill and starts floating along the smell line. <laughs> <laughs> we've barely scratched the surface, but also we've been talking for an know. hour. You know, like it's this is really this is a, just a a good movie. It really is. It's, I I want to watch it again. Frankly, like I actually this is like this might be my favorite like uh sequel that we've watched i think it is wow um yeah i think so rivaling with um obviously honey four and annabelle creation but i really enjoyed this like so much and i think it's because of just like all the elements were there the the direction the acting the the money that was in it like this movie also really like rallies for women um, the only people yeah. who survive are three women who really love and support each other and the embrace with which they like hold and protect each other at the end like literally brought me to tears. Um, oh, wow. It was not in your face in your face feminism and when I say that I ha- I like that feminism too, but it was like a lovely um, j- just like watching women, rule um and and have each other's back without saying much and not and not having to like posture about it you know um and and at the end um you just see three women like sailing away from like one of the most traumatic events but they're like kind of smiling because like they're together and i just thought it was it was badass honestly yeah we haven't even talked about uh mia who is one of my favorite (sighs) characters she's like the um the vice scientist um the lieutenant scientist um and she is in a relationship with the hot nerd and she is like so quietly self-assured and cool so easy to have a crush on her i mean oh yeah oh god yeah she was so likable so good at her job so competent and like really fun and funny her and spin's relationship was really sweet like really well done did not feel like fabricated to me did not feel um like shoved shoved down our throats too much although they did have to tell us a few times but yeah at the end he's like 
they're they're afraid you know they've they've sought shelter and like he's giving her a sort of like beautiful speech about you know like thanking her for for their relationship and hoping that they can hang out when they're like home right before a shark jumps up and like like chews his head off and they both like genuinely weep in this and she weeps out of the panic that sets in after his speech is over because it was like refuge from the fear that she was experiencing and i thought that it was so fucking truthful and how unnecessary for this like this like c relationship in this movie to be so like gripping the the part of the movie that that actually got me the most where i was like jesus this is like a real movie um is after her uh spin's head gets bitten off she is like seeking shelter in a cabinet that's floating and she's just repeating the phrase not a coffin over and over again which is like fuck that's heavy it's like and this is a a, an actual movie it was such a bizarre (laughs) mantra it felt like so specific that i was like that's a real girl in a real thing afraid of a real shark because that's such a weird thing to repeat to yourself it's it's that's totally like a a panic brain thing like you you hit on that notion and then you need to refute it verbally like Mm. it's um one thing about spin though is he i couldn't ever really focus when he was on the screen because it just set my actor brain off because you can see him he's got by far the worst lines in this movie and you can see him as a performer really trying to make something happen and it doesn't always work and it's not his fault but he like the weird fucking english he puts on being like um yeah i picked up on that yeah that's true (laughs) i do think that in his scenes with uh, mia though he found a way to focus on her and that made it work out but but that does happen in like the expositional transactional scenes he's just like I know what my job is, and it's to be a little—it's to be a little breath of fresh air and a little quirk, quirk, you know. And again, I—I um, I thought all the actors were were really great. No, no. If uh, Alex Bot as Spinnaker ever hears this, I love you. I want to <laughs> marry you. Honestly, I want Alex to marry Mia because I thought it was so cute. I was like, damn, I'm really shipping this couple. I do not know. Like, I just thought it was so real. What was the other thing Lucas said? Little happy, more like. What was it? Wait, he, uh, so he's about <laughs> to blow up the mine, and he goes, "Little happy, meet big unhappy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck out of here! Go do some flips." It's so <laughs> funny because then you cut to uh, a, a wide of his ship just exploding. <laughs> It's really great editing. <laughs> really crackerjack stuff. Uh, oh my this God. movie this movie had the right amount of cheese that I welcomed it. Not out of irony, but out of like sometimes humans are cheesy. Sometimes when your yeah. friend is crying, you say something completely cringy and cheesy because it's the exact right thing to say. Like when your friend oh, yeah. crawls out of a cabin a cabinet that's floating in the ocean and they thought that they were about to die because a shark was about to eat them you embrace them and you go the planet's not gonna save itself and that's the perfect thing to say even though everyone kind of like will hate it when they look back on it like it's just what you needed to hear and that's how i feel about the whole movie 
Do you mean that like wow, well put. people as in us watching or like the characters? When they rewatch like, their Instagram story, they're like, oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus, that was so- oh my god. I can't believe I fucking said that. They're like, can you delete that actually? <laughs> I, I think it's just going to give people the wrong idea about me. I just, I was being, after that shark attack, I was just like really off my game. I was being really shoogy <laughs> about recovery. Um, yeah, so I like... I, I just can't think of anything, the, any element of this movie that I wouldn't spend, like, too long talking about. <laughs> so, um, if we're pivoting to rankings, I think, honestly, the series, like, really upended my expectations. I think I'm going to go three, two, one. I liked one. I think one is, like, I had I have a great time with it every time I watch it. But two just hit that, like, you know watching a cheesy movie with your friends um spot so Mm. hard and then three is like legitimately good um that i think i just had a little bit of a better time watching those two maybe it's recency bias but it uh, maybe i'm right Mm -hmm. (laughs) wait (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that i think that's about where this this series sits for me um, and also, I mean, I'm not trying to pressure you all into to doing this bit as well, but just because this is our season finale, sort of, um, I, of the actual series we've done, I do think that this is my favorite. Mm. I, like, the, the EKG spikes of enjoyment and, and unenjoyment have, uh, you know, gone way up and way down on every other, uh miniseries we've done um with some real low fucking low bridget jones man that still gets to me that was like re- that was a low Bleak. point in my life like <laughs> yeah. a marker of like when things were hard <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah this this series starts off good gets um incredibly stupid but a whole bunch of fun and then you know the line rises up to be like a legitimately compelling movie yeah um i don't think i've had a better time with a series on this show love that i'm so glad for you that's amazing i'm pretty close to that opinion um i did not have a bad time watching any of these films i think it was like one was like fun and oh that was fun i missed that when i was seven you know and then (laughs) um two was a delight like it was like so silly but i had such a great time watching it it was ridiculous and then this was just like legitimately like honey four-esque like just talent that i hadn't heard about or seen Mm -hmm. um so i i'm definitely gonna go three one two in terms of like the actual competence of each film but I enjoyed two a lot. So it's, you know, it's sort of splitting hairs. Um, I think as far as the franchise goes, like, this is a franchise that really doesn't overthink it. You know, we get, we know what we need to know. We're scrappy. We, we move on to the next thing and we try not to get our heads bitten off. And I just, I found that so refreshing from a lot of like the, easy overthinking it's really easy to overthink a lot of things when you're analyzing films and this these were just so fun to enjoy um my favorite franchises i mean it's got to be the mummy but um, (laughs) but this is like uh really up there for me i mean shout out to tanya for really being being in the for being in the movie and i get to watch it 
uh, for just being there in front of the camera and just and just letting me just just look for a second respectfully just respectfully. looking respectfully i am so i'm so respectful so i just want to say that <laughs> i just want to say that i was appreciating her beauty but not in a weird way no it's like when i was 16 was i in love with her sure <laughs> okay you're, like, you're lucas hedges in ladybird you're like lying with her in the grass and you're like i'd i touch your boob but i i just respect you too much I, res- <laughs> I respect you too much to kiss you and she's like wow that's so cool <laughs> you're so cool she's uh, like but why do i feel bad <laughs> about <yeah>. myself <laughs> <laughs> holding her as she's sobbing behind a donut shop <laughs> <laughs> the moment in this movie that i think makes my ranking 312 has got to be when sally the shark um, <laughs> is like on the stage and she says sally is my name it was given to me by me um <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really expect that um, excerpt from the shark vagina monologues, but <laughs> thought it was handled with a lot of taste. God, when uh, when when Spin starts singing "Being Alive" from Company, it's just like <laughs> these storytellers know how to laugh at and with their characters in the way that they can have empathy for their younger selves and also watch a guy get bitten in fucking half my ranking is three one two um i think i think two is um super whatever but weirdly competent um i think one is pretty darn whatever but also uh pretty freaking heckin gosh i don't know a little bit whatever a little bit sort of if you think about it that's just kind of my thoughts because i'm a movie buff and then the third one uh the third one is um in, in the tradition of what sequels are, uh, what sequels can be, what a film series can be, in the way that we've taken it under a microscope in this season of Dead Horse, um, there's a part of me that almost just wishes this was not called Deep Blue Sea 3. I wish it had some portentous fucking title like um, The Hunted or... or yes. Deep in the water, or something like that, and then give it a or fucking Sally, or or Sally with an exclamation mark at the end, like mother. Um, it uh, I felt I, the exact same way. Yeah, like, like I like it just deserves something else. I think it deserved like a theatrical release and a chance for people to like try to experience this movie without the baggage of it being a dtv threequel um and and you know this is a movie that has one writer and one director and and it's it's made me more curious than ever about um how much freedom do they have to try to like get to do something special when they're like yeah make it kind of shaped like these movies and make this the title um, but but go and go and do your thing. Um, in that tradition, though, this movie really makes lemonade out of lemons. And lo and behold, these lemons—they had a lot of juice in them. The 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 question we're always asking of like, 
are they beating a dead horse? Um, this is this is not even close to my favorite mini series we've done. Just for me, um, just because there are there are entries, there there are franchises we've done where there's one entry that really speaks to me, and I really like get like emotionally into it, or I I get into like the weird quirks and personality of the characters and what the director is bringing to it. Um, but this has got to be one of the most consistent and this has got to be the most living a horse has been. Um, I think <laughs> my, my favorite is probably, it's probably spy kids, honey. I don't, I don't know if I would put Annabelle or, um, or mummy. The mummy, maybe, maybe. Um, but Deep Blue Sea is like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I am, I am converted. Dixon brought Absolute. this to us, uh, like, like a cat bringing you a dead bird, um, th- like it's a gift. And I said, I don't, I don't know about this. But then I really started chewing on it. And after the avian flu had cleared, I was like. Wow, what a drawn-out metaphor that I can't track anymore. Um, no, I, I think, Dixon, I think you really found something special with these this series. And I, I can't wait for next season when, hopefully among a billion other things on our wish list, I, I hope I can learn a little bit more about direct-to-video movie making and the economy of these and how they happen. Um, because somehow wading through all of these straight to dvd sequels actually made me more excited about movies art is everywhere Oof! beautiful thank you encapsulate everything i think in one sentence thank you the shark come is only in one facility (laughs) (laughs) they blew it up It was kind of like seven sentences that were kind of like glued together that just kind of never stop. But no, I, I, I thank you. I love thank and you. agree, though. Thank you. I also want to say that that was like really lovely and a great like summation of our whole thing. Yeah. But I think like at this point, our Abbott and Costello bit of you saying something really eloquent and nice and me going like and snapping my <laughs> suspenders um is just something that's so codified that i i feel uh, a pavlovian your <laughs> neural you, uh, your neural pathways are just like the, the grooves are set the cum changed though. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever stopped i would i would quit the show and i would go off my shark cum essentially detransitioning no um, <laughs> please god Opening up a pill bottle and dumping shark cum into the toilet. <laughs> that stuff is expensive. What are you doing? <laughs> Do you know how many fucking computer nerds and Hawaiian shirts had to fucking die to make that shark come like a fucking porn star? If sh- if sharks had toes, they would have curled, and you flushed it. The size of the zinc tablets that they had to feed to the sharks. 
the science they had to do to those pineapples to make sharks eat them. <laughs> the, the, the amount of tests that Spin had to go through seeing if the shark had eaten enough pineapple. <laughs> no! <laughs> Poor no! Spin loves it. Spin loves his job. He, he has a he has a mug that says "Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life." He has a mug that says "This is full of sharks." <laughs> Don't talk to I'm me until I have my shark. My sh- <laughs> no. <laughs> it's five p.m. somewhere. He's got. <laughs> he's got a huge wine glass that says, I only have one glass of shark cum. <laughs> I love cooking with shark cum. Sometimes I even put it in the food. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of shark cum moms on Twitter with their fucking centrist takes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, go easy on my mom. She's going to be a little awkward at first when you meet her. She's kind of a shark cum mom. <laughs> mom, it's three. My mom lets me drink. She's let me drink since I was like 15. I don't know. It's just... She just prefers, if you're going to drink shark cum, just do it, do it in it the in house. Do it in the house. Yeah. I, but, you know, one of the things about doing it with my mom instead of like doing it at like a college party is that it, it really did teach me teach me to appreciate it you know i could go underwater and be like mm, excellent year i'm so i'm so bummed that i got to college the year after america banned caffeinated shark come i feel like i would have had like some real wild you have to go to amsterdam you have to go it's honestly it's incredible i did a year abroad and i'll tell you what the shark come there green i i I just think it's like sharks i don't know (laughs) we i look on dead horse you know, we we joke around, you know, maybe horse around, if you will. Oh. But when it when it comes right down to it, I think it's really <laughs> fucked up that Colorado and California have cute little dispensaries where Seth Rogen can fucking sh- like sell expensive artisanal soup bowls. All right, while there are still people <laughs> who. Who's records? <laughs> no, thanks no, for listening to no, Dead Horse. No, no, we're not. We we found. That's it. We found that's it. Rare. Please be sure to rate, review, and we subscribe. That's we the end. It. Hong there Kong. It I'm against it. I stubbed my toe on that line. I did. Hong <laughs> Kong. I'm against. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll see you whenever we see you. Goodbye. Art is not a coffin, not a coffin, not a coffin. <laughs> not a coffin. <laughs> I'm stopping recording. Dead Horses, Dixon, Becky, and PJ. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for our art. I did the music. Um, Christ, there's something I'm forgetting. Uh, fuck. Uh... 
Yeah, I got nothing. I'm, I'm sorry.